God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. So we have a pretty packed show today. We're not going to take any calls today, unfortunately, because uh, we we have so much to get through. We have some Tucker Carlson clips we're going to be playing. Uh, I hate to do it because I don't like to put another host on, you know, in, in place of me uh, in terms of the show, but... In this case, you know, Tucker does his monologues, and uh, some of his monologues are just off the charts, and he's breaking new ground. I mean, you know, the thing is, if they decided to pull Tucker Carlson, uh, I think that uh, Fox News would be dead. Uh, I think they would be dead in the water financially or with the numbers. Um, But what we have here, obviously, is, you know, some stuff going on. Uh, against our people. Uh, the government is attacking the middle class is what's going on. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it at this point. They did it with um, co- they did it with any excuse that they could get. They exploited, uh, never let a crisis go to waste is what Rahm Emanuel said. And just yesterday I saw on some TV how they were showcasing how happy Rahm Emanuel was in March of 2020, when this was all going to be rolled out, he saw this as an opportunity. And I think, and it's his brother, Ezekiel Emanuel, that was the one that said lockdowns for the next two years, that this is going to have a huge negative impact on Donald Trump's reelection ability. And China was behind it. Now, China was hooked up in phase one, trade trade uh, deals that were going to level the playing field and put America first for a change when it came to negotiating with China. And the world really didn't quite like it. But if Trump would have remained in the Oval Office, uh, there would have been uh, all kinds of great things that would have happened. The Abraham Accords and the normalization of trade and relations with the Gulf states, the Arab states, 
and Israel would have been normalized. Uh, You would have had Iran brought to their knees, renegotiating a real deal, not some fake kickback deal that greased the palms of every senator in in, in Congress, but a real deal. And you would have had um, you would have had all the all the different benefits of of uh, with Russia. Russia wouldn't have been piping oil into Europe. We would have been selling oil to Europe. We would have had the Keystone Pipeline done, the border wall completed, and we would have also had we would have had national security and border security. A weakened China. But China puts this thing out with the help of people like Fauci. Incidentally, did you hear about DeSantis? Came out with a slogan that says, Don't Fauci Florida. It's an alliteration, right? Don't Fauci Florida, he says. And all of a sudden, the left wing is is all upset. Don't Fauci Florida. Love that slogan. And it's a great slogan. And, you know, he's a public figure now, right? He's become a celebrity. Little midget became a celebrity. Little uh, narcissist, Dr. Fauci. The most highly paid government official in the federal government, Dr. Fauci. Can't throw a baseball to save his life. Has no manhood. But yet here he is, little man syndrome, pounding his chest, controlling the world, and making his wife happy, I guess. But he financed the gain-of-function research in Wuhan, China, where the virus came from. It was released, and all of a sudden, there was this um, closure uh, clause in the Phase 1 deal that said, you know, basically, if you have like an act of God or a natural catastrophe... You can get out of the contract. And phase one was nixed as a result of COVID and the worldwide pandemic that ensued. Now, they learned about this almost at the same time of its release by going through a rehearsal in New York City funded by Bill Gates in the 201 event in November 2020. And Dr. Fauci himself who basically secretly turned the um, gain of function back on again after Obama, of all people, said it's a bad idea during Trump's first month or transition. I'm not sure which one it was. It was could have been January of twenty, uh, January of 2017, that they turned it back on gain of function research, and then the funding ensued. And by the time the funding rolled out, um, you ended up having this collusion with the Wuhan labs. And Dr. Fauci, around the same time, as the funding started rolling and they started to know exactly where they were going to be, he said, undoubtedly, there's going to be a pandemic in our, in our near future. And sure enough, there was. This was by design. And there's people that are talking online about this. You won't see them on YouTube. You won't see them on Google. Yesterday I was trying to actually research on YouTube some reports about the Georgia vote audit, the Georgia audit 
by uh, a group called Georgia Vote, GA Vote. And I couldn't find anything. I searched for election fraud in Georgia. And all I could find was the mainstream media's debunking of it or fact uh, socialized socialism fact checkers, liberals, like what Biden's doing. What Biden's doing is he's bringing in fact checkers to censor speech that disagrees with the state. It's no different than what we've seen in any socialist communist nation. It's the reason why Jem Psaki won't denounce communism when she's asked by Peter Ducey to uh, agree that the people are fleeing Cuba because, because they're fleeing communism. They're fleeing a failed socialist system. And she says, no, it's mismanagement. It's mismanagement. It's oppression. That's what Jen Psaki said. But really, what it is is communism. People are fleeing because they're starving. Maybe the communist state didn't work so well through COVID, and it was the straw that broke the camel's back, but people are starving. People aren't reacting because they have better things to do. They don't have better things to do. They're reacting because they're starving. And inflation is going through the roof. And meanwhile, you got Biden's national uh, border security. And what are they doing with the border security? They are blocking Cubans because Cubans tend to vote Republican. They tend to endorse GOP candidates. Why? Because they don't want to escape Cuba for another communist state or socialist state. So when they come across the border, now you're seeing um, the HHS guy and you're seeing our border security team uh, who has opened up the borders. And what we're seeing is that they're blocking Cubans. But they're allowing all these other people to come. They fit the profile that votes left. They're basically more ignorant. Cubans coming across are politically savvy. They actually know why they're leaving. And they know where they're going. The rest of the country, I played a tape yesterday. The rest of the world is coming. They call it the UN border now. Speaking of the UN the Biden administration has brought in UN uh, racial race officials to talk about race in America and why we're so xenophobic and why we're so racist. The bunch of socialists from UN, corrupt individuals misspending, misappropriating funds into their pocketbooks. And they're going to come and tell us why we're racist people and try to fix the problem on the UN level. It's absurd, folks. They gaslight Americans into thinking that they're xenophobic and what have you. They open up the borders to steal your votes. Every single person that walks through the border, that votes uh, or turns it, they turn them into a ballot, uh, ends up stealing your votes. And it's not just along the border. See, that was the problem in the 2016 election. See, the reason why Hillary lost is because all the illegals 
were stuck in Tijuana and in that area along the southern part of California, just north of Tijuana. They didn't get the, to they didn't have the time to distribute the influx of people under the Obama regime into the country. That was the biggest problem that they had. The biggest problem they had, and it's not because these people actually vote. They don't. But they get these people IDs, and they turn the IDs into registrations. They turn the registrations into ballots. They turn the ballots into votes. That's why they depend so heavily on the mail-in balloting system, which is riddled with fraud on a statewide systematic level. And so in the 16 election, they couldn't get the people infiltrated into the country fast enough. They were doing it, but they couldn't get it done fast enough. That's why they said Georgia will, be, will flip in four years. Maybe not this time, but the next time. Because we're getting a lot, of, and I heard her say, Stacey Abrams, we're going to get, a, we're getting a lot of Hispanics in this state. Where are they coming from? They're being shipped there, and they're they're basically going after red states to turn them purple or blue. Like Kentucky has a liberal governor, Louisiana has a liberal governor. These are red states. They have no business voting for a Democrat governor except for the fact that they're changing the demographics. It's like gerrymandering on steroids. Instead of changing the map around, you just bring the world's global map to your district. How could you win? And we've seen what happens in these single-party towns like Philadelphia and Detroit and Atlanta and everywhere else in between where they jig it up with a whole bunch of minority voters, minorities, they're using like worker mules to cheat, to riot in the streets, to burn buildings down. It's all minorities. With Black Lives Matter, it was always them. Just like the Black Berets in Cuba they're using to do the dirty work and repress the people. They did the same thing. The Democrat Party started the Black Lives Matter movement in the wake of Michael Brown, hands up, don't shoot, a big fat lie. And they converted this lie into pop culture. So you had morons like LeBron James walking out on the court with his hands up like he's a victim of something. Meanwhile, he's bowing to China like a hooker. And he's in China and they're trying to woo the China population, selling out to China, as is our mainstream media, and as is our multinational corporations, who would break your back over their knee if they could in a second, which is what the whole vaccine passport thing is all about. It's unconstitutional, but who cares if a private company does it? A private company gets away with murder when it comes to our Constitution. And the Democrats are going to rely on their corporate partners. And how are they going to pay those corporate partners back? Through trade deals like TPP. That's why Nike kissed the ring of Obama. That's why Obama used Nike to pay off Kaepernick. It's all connected, folks. 
our corporate corporations that we made wealthy and we made global through the great great generation the people that were great in this country built these companies up and they've sold out America they sold us out and that's a sad sad chain of events right there and they are now flipping on the middle class workers and they're basically saying you'll be required to have a vaccine passport if I can help it man I don't even know what's happened to uh, UK uh, Boris Johnson he has completely gone radical loco liberal crazy liberal but yeah so today we have um, so the, the question is the only thing that we can have hope for is we can elect these officials, uh, vote these officials out of office. We've had enough. But will we get there in time before the rigging is complete? And see, this was, the 2020 was, 2018 was a test run. And I think Kirsten Nielsen lost her job as a result of the election fraud of 2018. That's why she got fired. What happened in Orange County and what happened in Arizona with those late-breaking um, elections that flipped the House, I think what happened was, and, and launched the impeachment and launched the investigations and put the government in charge of attacking Trump, I think that's why she lost her job, because she didn't do effectively her job of overseeing fair elections. But the Democrats had a system that was building in place. And that's what they're doing today. That's what they did in 2020. And now, what they probably didn't expect is the kind of scrutiny that they're getting. So we're going to play one of Tucker Carlson's um, opens regarding this Georgia election. And then we're going to play something about how the military is now getting involved with flying people coming through the open border to battleground districts in your neighborhood. And the military is actually actively working against you. So what we want to do right now is talk about the Georgia voting rights. Let's take a listen. Whoops. Okay, so this is going to be uh, Tucker Carlson clip number one of two. But here's one of this year, an alarm sounded in a big nondescript warehouse in Fulton County, Georgia. The warehouse was an unlikely place for a burglary. It was under round-the-clock surveillance by both private security and local law enforcement, including armed deputies with the Fulton County Sheriff's Office. Any unauthorized person entering from the outside would have to get past a locked 100-pound steel door, as well as a maze of motion detectors. Not easy. But someone tried to do it anyway, and at just the perfect moment, 20 minutes after the deputies in charge of guarding the warehouse left their posts. By the time those deputies returned to check out the alarm, someone had opened the 100-pound door to the warehouse. So what happened that night and why? We still don't know. It's also not clear why the deputies left the warehouse or who took advantage of their absence. We do know that a lot of people might have had reason to try to get inside the warehouse. Depending on who you ask, the building contains evidence that either confirms or refutes the claim that voter fraud affected the outcome of the 2020 election in the state of Georgia. Georgia is a place that Joe Biden won by fewer than 13,000 votes. That warehouse 
holds more than 140,000 absentee ballots. Now, what's interesting is that for reasons that are difficult to understand, Fulton County officials have refused to let the public see any of these ballots. An attorney called Bob Cheely has been pushing for transparency. He's filed suit for the right to see those ballots. He hasn't seen them all yet, but what he's found so far demands an explanation. All of us, no matter who you voted for, should want to hear that explanation. You can't have a democracy if the public doesn't believe election results. Increasingly, many people in this country don't believe them. The solution to that problem, and it's a significant problem, is not to scream at these people, call them lunatics, or throw them in jail. The solution is to tell the truth about what happened. The only way to restore trust in our system is with facts. So what are the facts about the election in Fulton County, Georgia? Well, here's the official version. In May, the chairman of the Fulton County Board of Commissioners, a man called Rob Pitts, explained that it was not necessary to look at the ballots. In fact, it was ridiculous even to ask to look at the ballots because there had already been plenty of recounts and all the recounts reached the same conclusion. Here's what Pitts said. And if it sounds familiar as you hear it, that's because so many other people in authority have been saying pretty much the same thing. I mean, I'm really baffled about this. Uh, what do they want? We've had three counts already. The elections in Fulton County, Georgia, they were open, they were fair, and they were transparent. The votes have been certified, the, elections have, the election has been certified, so it's over. This will be the fourth one, and I can guarantee you that the results will be, of this one, will be ex just like the results were for count one, count two, and count three. No change. Our, again, our elections were open, fair, and transparent. I can guarantee you. We already know what happened. We've counted those same ballots four times. The election's been certified. Stop already. And that's the argument that Fulton County has used in court to keep those ballots locked away in a warehouse. Except it's not true. It now appears there actually was meaningful voter fraud in Fulton County, Georgia, last November. That is not a conspiracy theory. It's true. From the beginning, this show has tried to be fact-based when we talk about the 2020 election results. So here's what we know tonight, factually. At least 36 batches of mail-in ballots from the November election were double-counted in Fulton County. That's a total of more than 4,000 votes. Those numbers come from a group called Voter GA, which, along with Bob Cheely, sued to get them. The final tally from the double counts we know about amounts to more than 3,300 votes for Joe Biden and 865 votes for Donald Trump. Now, before you dismiss Bob Cheely and voter GA as dishonest partisan actors, keep in mind that the strongly left of center Atlanta Journal-Constitution appears to agree with this, at least in outline. The newspaper reviewed the available digital ballot images independently and concluded that hundreds of ballots were improperly duplicated. What does that look like exactly? Well, here's what it looks like. At a press conference yesterday, a consultant with Voter GA called David Cross showed how we can be certain that votes in Fulton County were counted more than once. Watch. What I'm going to show you here is two ballots side by side. One of them is marked for Jason Shaw, and it's got a little squiggle mark next to it. You can see it's got the identical mark on the second one. And the ballot image is stored up here on the top left. So this one over here is scanner 5162, that's scanner number three, batch number 235, image number 19. And that matches 234 
image 59. So you have the same ballot counted twice in the images and counted in the audit. How that's possible, I don't know. How's that possible? I don't know. Every American should want to know because the answer gets to the heart of the integrity of our elections, otherwise known as our democracy. We're not talking about a couple of ballots here. We're talking about a lot of ballots, at least hundreds of ballots involved, enough potentially to affect the outcome of the election. Here's another example. Here's one of the next ones. All right, so same batch, number 234, image number two, and 235, image number 61, Republican, 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 all the way down to the point where this little spot up in Fannie Willis matches this one over here. There's no question that that ballot was counted twice. So what's the explanation for this? Well, if you ask Fulton County, these discrepancies, the ones you just saw on the screen, were isolated incidents. Just a handful of bad ballots happens all the time. The county claims that any errors were caught in previous recounts. The problem is that neither one of those claims is true. Surveillance footage obtained by Voter GA appears to show large numbers of ballots being scanned multiple times. Pay attention, and the tape we're showing you, to the woman wearing yellow at the desk. According to Voter GA, she slides ballots into a scanning machine, removes the ballots, and then reinserts the same ballots. This happens multiple times. The question is, how many times were those ballots counted? Was each vote counted more than once? Fulton County won't answer that question. Now, one way to know the answer would be to check what are called audit tally sheets. Tellingly, for months after the presidential election, Fulton County failed to provide more than 100,000 of those tally sheets, including 50,000 of them for mail-in ballots. When Voter GA finally forced Fulton County to turn over the tally sheets, the conclusion was stunning. Here's what the audit found, quote, seven falsified audit tally sheets containing fabricated vote totals. For example, a batch containing 59 actual ballot images for Joe Biden and 42 for Donald Trump was reported as 100 for Biden and zero for Trump. The seven batches of ballot images with 554 votes for Joe Biden, 140 votes for Donald Trump and 11 votes for Joe Jorgensen had tally sheets in the audit falsified to show 850 votes for Biden, zero votes for Trump, and zero votes for Jorgensen. Wait, did you just follow that? How is that not flat-out criminal fraud? We'd love to know because it certainly sounds like flat-out criminal fraud. We've obtained photographs showing what went on during the recount process for mail-in ballots in Fulton County. These pictures were taken by a whistleblower who participated in the recount. She said she noticed something odd as she did. None of the ballots that she saw had any creases on them. You can see the stacks of unfolded ballots on your screen now. That's strange because, of course, mail-in ballots need to be bent in order to be mailed in. These ballots clearly had never been inside an envelope. And then the whistleblower noticed something else. All of the ballots, the whistleblower tells us, have been filled out by a printer, not by hand. And many of them supported the exact same candidates, Democrats, including Joe Biden. Voter GA detected a series of other apparent irregularities in the recount. The group's audit found, for example, that, quote, over 200 Fulton County mail-in ballot images contained votes that were not included in the hand count audit results for the November election. Now, why is that? We don't know. Keep in mind, once again, the results in the state of Georgia were decided by fewer than 13,000 votes. It was a close race. Every vote mattered. And then there's this. 
An elections expert called Mark Davis analyzed data from the post office. He found that nearly 35,000 Georgia voters moved out of their county of residence more than a month prior to election day. They were ineligible to vote, and yet they did. They still voted in their old county. That is illegal. It's not a small thing. Violating election law is something we should care about. And by law, their vote should have been excluded from the total. But they were not excluded. Why are we okay with that? Why are we okay with any of this? Well, we're okay with it because we've been told we have to be okay with it. We're undermining democracy if we ask questions about what happened during the 2020 election. And of course, that's a perfect inversion of the truth. Without answers to legitimate questions like the ones we just posed, and those are legitimate questions, democracy dies. People begin to understand that the system they've been told is on the level is in fact rigged. And when they believe that, God knows what they do next. So let's find out what actually happened. Let's find out immediately. Let's find out without shame. It's our right to know. It's our responsibility to know. So with this, the, with the party that is pushing, uh, that is actually terrorizing Americans with their Green New Deal by hacking our beef and our oil, by taxing oil $90 billion, by uh, offering out stimulation checks. Just today, I think they're rolling out stimulation checks. What's that going to do to our inflation? When you stimulate the economy from the government, you're going to end up like Venezuela, where it's going to cost $1,000 for a banana. You see the problem here. They're crushing the middle class, and thereby they're crushing the U.S. economy. We're going to be $40 trillion in debt, and a bologna sandwich is going to cost you $180. It's going to be an absolute catastrophe. The same people in charge right now are putting people out of work by canceling the Keystone Pipeline and yet putting Russians back into work by allowing the Nord Stream 2 uh, pipeline to go into Germany. Now, why in the world would we allow Europe to enrich Russia? What the heck is NATO about? NATO is about protecting Europe against aggression from, in particular, Russia. And all of a sudden, what we have is we have a reversal of that, where Trump wanted everybody to pay their fair share instead of blowing wind into NATO to protect uh, Europe against Russia and any other infiltration. They've done the complete opposite under Biden. Biden Greenlight uh, helped with it, supported the Nord Stream 2 pipeline out of Russia into Europe. And Europe is all too happy to bow to China and increase their imports from China and their export their manufacturing to China. They're happy to take Russian oil and they're selling out America. And they're not paying their fair share into NATO. And yet we're still spending taxpayer dollars, wasting our time and money with this in NATO because it's a feckless organization without proper leadership, without Donald Trump holding them accountable and making sure Russia gets starved out 
just like we were starving out in Iran with getting out of the JCPOA, restoring sanctions, doing the snapbacks, basically putting Iran in its place. And we didn't see Iran rearing its ugly head. We took out Soleimani. We hit them between the eyes. And basically they knew they were playing with a tough guy. And you didn't see uh, Israel being overthrown with liberal governments now that are basically running Israel into the ground right now when it compares to the kind of sovereignty that they had under Trump. The kind of building that they were able to do. The Biden administration has emboldened terrorism in the Middle East, whether it's Syria or whether it's Erdogan and his iron fist control over Turkey or whether it's pushing back against El Sisi, rebuilding Egypt, or whether it is emboldening the Palestinians to not come to the table for peace and to put back into place the Gulf states into denormalizing relations that they had rolling out with Israel that would have made Middle East our more harmonious place. The same leadership, the Democrat leadership in Texas has fled. They say they're fighting for voter suppression. They're fighting against voter suppression, but yet at the same time suppressing the vote. How can you do that in one fell swoop? And they're importing voters through our open borders. And they're turning them into votes. They're attacking our gun rights by exploiting the their own failures in their own cities like Lori Lightfoot in Chicago and elsewhere. Um, Mayor Kinney in Philadelphia. Big Bird de Blasio in New York and everywhere else in between. These cities are riddled with high crimes, violent crimes. And because of their failures... And because of all the waste and abuse that they had going on with COVID, the lockdowns, the draconian rules, the shutdowns, shutting down businesses, destroying their economies, they're getting bailed out with these big, huge stimulus packages. Trump didn't want to bail these country companies, these cities out, but they are. And about defunding the police and so many other things, they're pocketing the cash. Crime has risen as a result of the threats of defunding the police and the attack on police by their liberal Marxist arm called Black Lives Matter, those morons that burn things down and give us extortion plots, while the rich buy million-dollar homes, while their brothers and sisters are shedding blood in the streets. And... What we see is fundraising off of all of this. What we see are impractical bailouts. And now what we see is an attack on our gun rights because it's not the gangbangers and, and defunding the police that's causing the gun violence to rise in these inner cities. No. It's not the lack of male parenting. It's not the lack of 
it's not the, the overabundance of single parent homes. It's it's somehow and, and the gun that's pulling the trigger. It's not the person behind the gun, it's the gun. So they want to take away your guns. The only people that are going to be compliant are law-abiding citizens. And then what do you have? You have defenseless, law-abiding citizens at the it's looking into the barrel of a gun, of a street thug, wanting to steal their flat-screen TVs or rape their children. Or in the case of Molly Tibbetts, we found out that that illegal that was in Iowa Turns out he was connected to a sex trafficking ring. And they fought that tooth and nail. I can't believe they did that. Now we know why it is that they took that case so importantly. Some measly illegal migrant rapes a girl and they don't even want to look into the investigation of where the sex trafficking is. Why? Because it's part of the government plot. These stimulus payments that Biden is putting out for his voter base is a buy, is akin to buying votes. They're using taxpayer dollars of yours, conservative taxpayer dollars, to finance voting blocks. If you could borrow from Peter to pay Paul, you could always depend on Paul's support. The attack on the Keystone taxation of oil Another part of is another part of biflation, basically where these hackers hacking beef, our beef prices go up, our oil prices go up. The middle class can't feed their families, can't drive their kids to uh, places. They can't afford to drive their car. They're going to be pretty much in the same place they were under COVID, locked down, down and out out of a job, dependent on the government, like Cubans who have been fleeing. Venezuelans have been fleeing their states, their failed communist states for America. And they're going to take these people, just like globalists always do. They start wars in Syria in order to gain the refugees to work for slave labor prices, driving Ubers and livery uh, lifts in their state, in their country to work in kitchens and dish, wash dishes and do jobs in agriculture and work the vineyards for slave labor wages so they don't have to export. Some of these things are people like you can't hire Chinese manufacturing to work your grapes, grape, your, your vineyards, right? You can't hire Chinese slave labor. They can manufacture okay, but you still need slave labor markets for your country. So these globalists will start a war in Syria, create a refugee crisis. The refugees flood. All these fighting age males go into Georgia or Germany. And what they do is they go into Germany and they work for nothing. They become sheep instead of fighting age males. They're sheep. We see that here in America as well. We open the borders for that same reason. So Europe gets the refugees for Middle East crises, and we get the we get the uh, because we're such a great country. People want to come here. We we get them through the open border without ever firing a shot. We're moving populations around. 
And if you're draconian like Bill Gates, you can actually control the rise of population by giving people vaccines that kill you, that give people abortions that kill you, or reduce your population, or giving people death panels that kill you. Remember that TED speech when Bill Gates said, vaccines, health care, reproductive services. We can get that population down from $9 billion to $6.5 billion. That's what he was talking about. And now they want these vaccine passports. You get a vaccine or you don't walk in my place. You get a vaccine or you can't get on this plane. You get a vaccine or else we'll make your life a living hell. Like that Asian woman, Lin Wen, uh, Lee Wen said on a clip I played last week where she was basically saying, we got to make it difficult on people who don't get the vaccine. And Boris Johnson and, and, uh, and Macron have all sold out for their people in France and in England. They're forcing this upon them because it's the globalist way. If you don't get on board, then we all don't, we all can't. They, it's, it's one, it's, they all have to do the same thing in, in harmony or it's not going to work because it's all part of a global system. Because of one, sort of like our states, what we're talking about is vaccine segregation. Where if Missouri and Oregon have two different policies on vaccine passports, and I'm doing business in Missouri, and I got to meet a client in Portland, I could fly out to Portland, but I can't get on, get walk in their building without a vaccine passport, so I can't meet my client. That's a problem number one. Problem number two is I can't get back on the plane in Oregon to get back home to Missouri. See, that's the problem. That's called vaccine segregation. Who's behind the segregation? The same people that wrote the book on Jim Crow, the socialized Democrats. The same people that fought to annex from the Union, Jefferson Davis and all the Democrats that went across, went against Lincoln. How about George Wallace, the Democrat governor of Alabama, not allowing those black children to integrate into a white school in Alabama, standing in the doorway, making his statement. That was a Democrat segregationist. Black Lives Matter wants to segregate in universities and have their own space, separate people based on the melatonin of their skin, the color of their skin. See, the problem is the Democrats have always been about segregating, not about integrating. It's a sad chapter. It's a sad chapter. We've been dealing with the Democrats' stupidity for centuries. The Democrats have been dumb their whole lives, and they just don't freaking get it. It's ridiculous. I want to take this to another uh, place. And uh, I want to talk about this other Tucker Carlson um, expose that he put out. This one's pretty good. This is about um, a whistleblower who is exposing the U.S. military for aiding and abetting migration from illegals to a city, district, or voting precinct near you. Let's take a listen. 
Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. It's not a partisan talking point or really any kind of exaggeration at all to say that Joe Biden has opened this country's borders to the world. Since Biden's inauguration in January, the Border Patrol has apprehended close to a million foreign nationals coming into this country overland through Mexico. How many people is that? Well, it's more people than live in the entire cities of San Francisco or Denver or Seattle or Indianapolis or Boston or Charlotte. We can keep going. And that's all in just six months. That is enough people to change this country forever. Now, you may argue that's a good thing. America will benefit from this mass influx of new people from foreign countries. If so, we'd love to hear that argument in detail. No one so far has explained how that works. But what you can't argue is that opening the borders was legal or that anyone in this country voted for it. The current mass movement of foreign nationals into the United States was never approved by Congress. No one passed a law demanding it. The Biden administration just did it unilaterally without asking Americans what they thought of it. They probably already knew. Every poll we've ever seen shows clearly that voters of all backgrounds oppose open borders. That policy is highly unpopular. So the administration couldn't say out loud what they were doing. Instead, they operated in secrecy. They hid it. They're hiding it right now. So what exactly are they doing? Tonight we have new information for you that answers that question, at least in part. This show has confirmed that the Biden administration has enlisted the U.S. military to move illegal immigrants secretly around our country. That is happening at Laughlin Air Force Base in Texas. We know it's happening there because a man called Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Burroughs sent his subordinates an email spelling it out very clearly. Quote, over the next few days, weeks or months, the note began, you may see passenger aircraft on our ramp transporting undocumented non-citizens. Please review the attached public affairs guidance on the issue. Burroughs' email then instructed uniformed military personnel to hide what was happening on the base from the country they're sworn to serve. Quote, do not take photographs and refrain from posting anything on social media. Now, Lieutenant Colonel Burroughs offered no national security justification for keeping any of this secret because there is no national security justification for keeping it from the rest of us. He just told the people who work for him not to talk. Now, we got his email from a whistleblower, and at first we doubted it could be real. During the last administration, you'll remember, the Pentagon firmly refused to protect America's southern border. That's not our job, they said. It's too political. Send us to Syria. And yet, according to this document, here was the very same U.S. military leadership at the Pentagon helping the Biden administration with maximum enforced stealth, with secrecy, to subvert this country's core immigration laws. It was hard to believe that could be happening, but it is happening. The Pentagon has confirmed it to us. Spokesman Chris Mitchell described the flights from Lachlan as non-citizen movement, part of what he called the U.S. Immigration and Custom Enforcement's mission. He told us then to direct any further questions to ICE. So we did. We called ICE multiple times. ICE did not deny they were using Lachlan Air Force Base to relocate large numbers of foreign nationals into the interior of our country and do it secretly. The question is, where are all these people going? Several times ICE promised us additional details, but in the end we never heard back. Apparently, Americans do not have a right to know where foreign nationals are being resettled in their own country. We do know, thanks to the Center for Immigration Studies, that the administration, the Biden administration, has been sending illegal migrants all over the United States for some time now. Watch this. What's happening most of the time is that they are boarding buses and heading into America's heartland. 
a conveyor belt of commercial and charter buses just like this one in Del Rio, Texas, are carrying tens of thousands sight unseen from Texas, Arizona, and California borderlands northward. And they are dropping their Haitian, Venezuelan, Cuban, and Central American family units in Florida and New Jersey, Tennessee, Massachusetts, Michigan, North Carolina, Georgia, Kentucky, and to large cities in Texas, such as Dallas and Houston. Oh, changing the electoral map, are we? Serving the businesses that paid for you to get elected, are we? Yes, we are. Now, those are buses you just saw. Now the administration is using aircraft and Air Force bases. And that ought to give you some sense of the scale involved here. What you're watching is demographic transformation in our country without our consent and in violation of our laws. That is happening. Now, our job is to shut up and accept it. We know that they will call us names if we don't accept it, but no thanks. What's happening, what they're doing, is wrong. It is, moreover, a violation of the most basic promise of democracy, which is that citizens get to control who runs the government. We, as citizens, have an absolute right to know what exactly they are doing. And we're going to try to learn. Wow. Now, that one blew me away, I have to say. And, you know, what we're faced up against is we have a, we have a criminal enterprise that has become the, the federal government, where the FBI is going after our people. Uh, like you compare January 6th with all the Black Lives Matter and Antifa rioting and abuse and violence. Um, and they want to try to gaslight you into thinking that somehow January 6th was the end-all, be-all since the Civil War. And it's just ridiculous that they could take that gaslighting to that level. And we have a mainstream media that's in the tank for one party. Uh, I did a re- I was doing searching on Georgia election fraud. I couldn't find anything that would suggest fraud. I found everything trying to fact check and cop and and and, and uh, sort of dismiss dismiss uh, on YouTube and on Google. And YouTube and Google are owned by the same company. Which uh, you know last last night. Uh, Leonora, our own Leonora, was out at an event uh, for the Freedom Phone. And that's something that people are talking about right now. A guy named Eric Finman uh, is behind this. Uh, In 2011, he bought $1,000 worth of Bitcoin. And he was 12 years old. He's 23 years old now. And he's a multimillionaire, thanks to the fact that his... A one thousand dollar investment in two thousand eleven turned into four and a half million dollars, and uh, we're going to be posting something up on buglecall.org, uh, where we have photographs of Leonora at the event. Um, it was a private event, ex- very exclusive event, uh, right here in the D.C. area, and uh, uh, what it is, it's for real. So this whole thing about the Freedom Phone is sort of the answer. Like, I would say on this air, we got to get off the grid. Our contribution to big tech is killing us. It's almost like heroin that we need to stop using because we're making the drug lords more powerful. 
Well, the new Freedom Phone goes public yesterday, running on Freedom OS. It's an excellent way for conservatives to fight back against big tech. The Gateway Pundit is thrilled to unveil a top-secret project that was big tech shaking in their birth. Well, they didn't break it. I actually, we knew about this three days ago, and it was so secretive that we weren't given the address to... Um, they weren't. They we were not given the address as to where this location was going to be until the day of. That's how secretive this was, and we we got to go, and um, we're going to have photographs of this event, built by a built Bitcoin millionaire, a tech genius, Eric Feynman. It's got all the good things you your current phone has with no censorship. So it's basically instead of giving up your phone and getting off the grid. You could actually have a really nice-looking iPhone-like phone, uh, just like looks just like an iPhone. We saw one last night, and basically, it is uh, everything you want it to be, without having to get off the grid. We need. Uh, I think that um, I keep thinking about this. There's this um, Russian Facebook version. It, it looks just like Facebook. And it's called VK. I forget the whole name, but VK. And just look it up. I really think we could adopt, conservatives could adopt a new platform that's already been built. Because Russia doesn't have nearly as much uh, aggression negatively toward conservatives as our own country does. And I just think that we ought to try to find new outlets like you know, Parler was one that kind of failed. There's Getter now. There's Gab. Uh, there's a lot of replacements to Twitter. Uh, you got Rumble as a replacement to YouTube. And I think Donald Trump endorsed Rumble. Uh, and then you have VK. It's already a platform that replaces uh, that replaces uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook. Which, incidentally, I got about 12 more days of, of being banned on Facebook. I've been banned for 30 days. I got 12 days left in the Facebook jail. People keep asking, are you banned? Yeah, I'm banned. That's why I can't post on Facebook. But who cares anymore? You know, these people, their censorship is beyond reproach. So, I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, so these platforms aren't even worth anything anymore to me. In any case, uh, that brings us to the end of our show. My name's Scott Adams. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, be sure to check out buglecall.org, magapack.org. Check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. We're a stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.